you're listening to The Parent Classroom, a space for quick conversations on how to nurture your child's education. I'm your host, Komal Shah, a former teacher turned consultant who fundamentally believes that every parent has the power to raise their child consciously within the K-12 schooling system. I cannot wait to bring you on this journey. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Today is a special episode because I get to invite on a guest who I actually met pre-pandemic and we have actually followed each other's work for some time and I just respect her values and how she sees the world and how conscious she is, not only in the work she does with her company, but also as a parent. And so I am very excited to introduce Neha Patel. Welcome. Thank you, Komal. That was a very kind introduction. I'm excited (laughs) to be here. You should you should feel like all the feels right now because it was supposed to be very kind. <laughs> <laughs> I am. You nailed it. Awesome. Okay, so I usually like to start off the episodes by asking because this is a podcast around schooling. So I always like to ask an icebreaker question, which is, what type of student were you growing up? I love this question. I was actually thinking about this the other day. And the unique thing about my journey with schooling is that I had an opportunity to go to school here in the U.S. and then also in India. And so Mm -hmm. early on in elementary school, I think I was kind of like a whatever student. Like I remember being tested for a gate and I was with the principal and I bombed it. And I just, I knew I bombed it, right? And that always stuck with me. And then I moved to India and schooling was super hard, had to learn a new language. And then there they rank you, right? Like from one to 60 in the class. So you're like the number one student or number two. And, you know, during that time I was top three. And then in high school, something happened. I, you know, there was a ton of stuff going on at home. Maybe that was it. But then I didn't do so well. And then college again, I did well. So I was thinking about it because I realized I wasn't tied to a certain identity of like, I'm always the best student or, oh my gosh, I'm terrible. So I think it was kind of like up and down for me um, when I look back at my entire schooling journey, which probably helped. Yeah. So when you were in India then and you were being ranked, did that, I guess, affect you when you came to the U.S.? Like, was it a positive or a negative thing for you? You know, I maybe, maybe because I was in the top three, I was okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it was like this competitiveness, but I think later on is when I learned, mm. like, that doesn't, it doesn't mean anything right? Like you're, it's that your self-worth should not be tied to that. And I also realize how terrible it is Mm. that they do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, today's topic is about balancing self-love and achievement. So based on, I guess, your schooling and your experience, did you feel that you cultivated self-love growing up in your own life? Or was that something you had to learn later on? You know, I've obviously reflected a ton about this as I've started, you know, Hatch Brighter and and it's all about Mm -hmm. self-love. And I realized there were different things that happened throughout my life and different people 
that helped me cultivate self-love from an early age, but I didn't know that's what it was called Hmm. and that that is what I was doing. It was later where people are like, man, it feels like you never beat yourself up about this or you, you know, you seem to kind of, you know, something bad happens and you move on quickly and it's Mm. okay. And And I, and then that's when I realized, wait, okay, I do have a strong sense of self-love. Not to say that it never wavers. Um, I think that's impossible, but overall, um, I did, I think as a child, learn to cultivate self-love, but not intentionally. Wow. That's actually quite amazing because I feel for me, I lacked completely (laughs) with self-love growing up. Um, I think it was just the circumstances I grew up in, but I feel that now as I've gotten older, I'm like, wow, I wish someone taught me this from a young age or I was in spaces that I intentionally could cultivate it. But it was kind of missing. And I don't know about you, but I think also with immigrant parents, it's a little bit harder for them because they themselves don't have the tools to really even understand, you know, what is self-love and how do you cultivate that in a child, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. And I don't don't use myself as the example because I I think it happened just by circumstances mm. and by chance. And that's yeah. the big thing, right? I, I think it's such an important topic that we can't leave it up to chance. Wow. Right. Oh, that's so powerful. Okay. So a little bit, your background actually was kind of in the startup and tech industry for 15 years, which actually I didn't know until you sent me your bio. And I was like, I'm learning something new. This is great. Um, And then you were like, I'm going to start, co-found a company, Hatch Brighter, and we're going to focus on the inner strength of kids. So can you just speak to that journey a little bit about why you decided to kind of go this direction and what was kind of pulling you to do that? Yeah. um, You know, during the 15 years I was in the tech space, I loved it. And mm. it was great. And I had the opportunity to kind of move quickly in my career because it was a startup and it was doing well. And I'm so grateful for that because it mm. allowed me to not spend a lifetime chasing the top. It, it, I was able to do it quickly because then I realized, wait, this isn't everything I wanted. I thought it was, mm. but it's not. And so I had to pause And there was just this nagging feeling. I still remember telling my husband, I just feel like I'm supposed to do something else. I'm supposed to do more. And that question and reflecting and meditation and all of that allowed me to connect with something deep within me. And this is what we teach kids or want kids to learn, right? Their Mm. intuition, their gut, being able to be authentic and true. And that is what I did. And I was 38, so pretty late. Mm right? I'm yeah. doing things at a, at a late, later stage in my life. And it was, I was never, I've never been so sure about anything in my life. And I think it was because I had spent the time to connect with myself and find what felt true. And so I was able to make that leap and make that decision. And initially I just thought, Hey, I'm going to go start up another tech company or some app. And so then Hatch Brighter just happened it just mm. happened and i realized oh my gosh i love this like i could just feel the passion and so yeah here we are well i love it too let me tell you, so, <laughs> you. i'm a fan but okay so you mentioned like it was obviously your own like self journey and your consciousness journey how about like 
being a parent, how much of that also informed that, right? Because you're a mom of two, um, young kiddos. And so what was kind of the drive behind that as well? Yeah. So I think my own reflection helped me get to a point of, hey, there's more. And Mm -hmm. absolutely, you are right. Being a parent is what helped me realize what that was. And so the question Mm -hmm. when we founded Hatchbrighter was, man, if we could just give our kids one thing, teach them one thing really, really well, because we do get overwhelmed with, you got to do this, you got to do that. What would it be? And going, looking back on my own journey, I realized without a doubt, it was the inner strength. It was everything Mm. on the inside. And I had this confidence that the rest would fall into place. And when you look at society, we're doing the opposite, right? We're chasing all the external things first, hoping to get that feeling of peace and fulfillment inside later. And Mm. we've got it kind of flipped around. So that was a big, that was a big reason why specifically I felt passionate about teaching kids because I didn't want my kids at 38 learning (laughs) some of the things that I was learning. Yeah. Uh, That resonates so much. It reminds me of my like teaching days. I know you and I've talked about that as well, because for me, that was when my journey started where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm chasing all these things but who am I? And am I even fulfilled within? And oh, wait, all these things were messaged to me, but I'm still a human struggling with all of this <laughs> internal chaos. And now I have to learn later in my life how to be equipped with all of that. But it's like, it's so normalized that you know, you're going to have that breakthrough later. Like, How do you even cultivate that from a young age? So how would you even... I guess, describe inner strength or self-love if someone were to ask. Yeah. So when we first started, we were thinking about the topics that would be important for kids to learn or the topics that really helped us. And, you know, kindness comes up and compassion comes up and gratitude Mm -hmm. comes up. And we came up with all these different topics. But every time we would dig deeper into these topics and try and figure out what exactly, how do we get deeper on this principle and what it is, we realize that you can't do those things well and authentically unless you feel good about yourself and you talk (laughs) to yourself kindly and you love who you are. And so constantly we kept coming back to self-love, which is one of the big topics we started with as far as inner strength is concerned. And it's how you see yourself, Mm. you know, how you talk to yourself. It's these things that are invisible and therefore get neglected or dismissed and not prioritized, but it literally influences every aspect of our life and our kids' lives, their relationships, how well they do in school even, their confidence, all of it. Um, their mental health because they feel like they are being authentic because they're comfortable in their own skin. So everything in our life is influenced by this. And inner strength is really, it's our ability to bounce back from the hard moments. Mm -hmm. It's our ability to make choices that are good for us. It's our ability to be confident about who we are and then be true to who we are. So that's what we realized. This is so important. This is what every kid needs to grow up learning and not by chance, right? Yeah. It has to be intentional and consistent. Mm, 
Oh, so powerful and so needed, right? Um, And so we talked to, I know you and I've talked about this too, though, because, you know, welcome to our schools. (laughs) Um, I know I speak a lot to this, grades, test scores, SATs, college acceptance. There's so much focus on the external and achievement. So I guess like, how do you see the self-love idea integrated and balanced within this focus on achievement in schools? How have you perceived it, I guess, from a parent perspective? Yeah, great question. I think, first of all, we need to be aware of the fact that we love external achievement because Mm -hmm. it is a way to measure how well we are doing as parents. Mm. Because we like to measure, we like the stats, we like the reports, we like to see the upward progression in anything that we are doing. And parenting is one of those things where it's hard (laughs) to measure, yet, you know, when a kid is born, it's like, well, your kid is in this percentile weight and height. And it's like, man, if they're healthy and they're okay, who cares, right? People will always be like, what percentile? It's like, who cares? It doesn't matter, right? But that's why we are addicted to that external achievement because there's no other way that we feel we can get that validation of whether we're doing a good job or not. So I think number one is recognizing that we are kind of chasing that external achievement because we don't know how else to measure ourselves as a parent. And so the question becomes, how else do you measure yourself as a parent? or Mm. how well you are doing. And some of that you don't know until maybe even 30 years down the line, right? So you have to pause and say, what's important to me? What are my values as a parent? And knowing what that is, and then being able to make sure that all the actions you're taking as a parent align with that. So Mm. there's a lot of If you look around, when I look around, most parents are doing the same things, right? There's a lot of similar things we're doing, the piano and the art class and the busy schedules and the math class and tutoring, all of that. And we say, hey, grades don't matter. But then we're like, oh my gosh, why didn't you get a four, right? So there's this deep programming within us as parents that we have to look at. (laughs) We have to look at and understand where is that coming from and is it actually valid Mm -hmm. because we just get caught up in that cycle. So I've had to do that. And I think people like you and what you're doing is amazing because sometimes it is hard to find a group of people or a community that has similar beliefs as you as, as a parent because you might go into a public school system or whatever school system and everyone around you is kind of chasing the external achievement. And so then you feel like, man, am I doing the right thing? Doubt Mm. creeps in. And so I think it's important to create those communities and kudos to you for doing that and and getting this information out so that it's more common versus, you know, the rare thing. Um, So I've had to do that. And that helps me a ton because there are moments where you're like, oh, should I be doing that? And you have to kind of go back to your values, as well as the people who do have similar beliefs to help you kind of reinforce your own beliefs. Oh, I love that. I, I, You said a lot about values and beliefs and you said the deep programming and I was like, yeah, unlearning, right? That's a lot of what I talk about because the thing is, is with grades and test scores and all of that, it's so deeply ingrained in us. And then when you have kids, 
you're going to just continue the cycle unless you question it. Because I think I read somewhere that we operate 95% of our behaviors are from our unconscious Mm. (laughs) brain. And that really hit me. It's like, wow, how do we take that 5% and critically look at it all the time? (laughs) 100%. Why, right? Ask yourself why. Why am I doing this? Why am I feeling the need to sign my kid up for 10 activities or whatever that might be? Why am I feeling the need to have my kid do this class or Mm. be in gate or be in the advanced class? Why? Why? Because I know a ton of people who weren't the best students and still are very, quote unquote, successful in the traditional sense. Mm -hmm. So a lot of parents I'll hear them say, well, the inner strength stuff, nobody talked about it when I was younger. I'm fine. <laughs> like, do we really need that stuff? Like, you know, all the grades and that stuff's been happening for years. We do need that. And I think what we forget is that the world is a lot different today mm-hmm. with technology and social media. And so the outer achievements and the external achievements crumble if our kids' inner world is in chaos. It really does. So Mm -hmm. you can keep doing the traditional way of chasing the grades and then getting into a good college and your kids can spend that whole time chasing this end result, this destination, right? The thing that all these spiritual leaders tell us not to do. They tell us to enjoy the journey and not just get so hung up on the destination. Yet, what are we doing with our kids from a young age? I saw an Mm -hmm. ad the other day on Instagram about teach your kid to do this at two years old. And I'm like, come on. Like who cares, right? Like if they're not doing something in that exact timeline, like that, why are we putting that pressure on such a young age? So our, our kid can do that. They can do that, get the good job. And then at 38 and 40 say, oh my gosh, do I even like this? Well, it's Mm -hmm. too late. I've got a mortgage. I've got this. I'm stuck. Like this is my life. Or Because we know better, we can give our kids the information and guide them in a way where they're able to enjoy this young age and learn from the experiences and make friends and have the challenges and be okay with it and reflect on it and find that confidence in who they are, experiment with different interests, and then do something that they love and they wake up one morning going, oh my gosh, how how did I get so lucky that I get to live my dream every single day? So for me as a parent, that's my goal. That's what I want. I don't want mm-hmm. my kids to just check the boxes. I want them to be able to feel like they have the freedom to experience life and mm-hmm. experiment with life and find the things that bring them joy. And that's beautiful. And I think what you said about the checking off the boxes, that's the default. That's where our brain goes. And so we have to like look at that default button and go, wait, I'm not going to press this right now. I actually have to choose a different button. (laughs) You have to pause. I I, I believe in that with everything in life. You have to pause. Don't be on autopilot. And you mentioned it, right? There's there's a cost. And I think that's something I speak to too. Similarly is we can keep going this way. The education system will get kids to college. They will graduate. They will enter the workforce. It will happen. But what's the cost, right? What's the mental health crisis we currently are seeing, especially after the pandemic? There's just 
so much to think about. And I think we've become so used to being such a reactionary society where it's just, oh, you had the breakdown in adulthood. Everyone does, you know, or welcome, welcome to life, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what do we do ahead of time? So it's definitely there. I mean, you, so you mentioned self-love a lot and I'm interested to know parents who are like, this is all great. I'm still getting so much messaging around achievement. How can I actually cultivate self-love in my child? And whether it is outside of it or when it comes to topics around school, how have you kind of navigated that as a parent? Yeah, I think kids watch us very closely and what Mm. we prioritize and what lights us up, right? So if they come home and bring a test home that where they got a four, I get, I I don't know if that's a standard grading system for all elementary schools, but my kid's school, four is like the A Mm. and a three is I think a B or something like that. Then they're watching us like, oh my gosh, you got a four, you got an A. Oh, you got a three. That's okay. Like they're Mm -hmm. watching us. They're watching our reactions. And by default, they want to make us happy. They want to please us. And so I think for me, I've had to prioritize the inner strength. I've had Mm -hmm. to find every opportunity where something may have gone wrong, where let's say my daughter got in trouble at school. My younger one, she's the feisty, fun one, (laughs) me on my toes, but she got in trouble how do I not make it about that incident? Because in the grand scheme of things, it's okay, right? It's okay. They're young. They're going to make mistakes. But did she learn from that mistake? Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. How did that feel? What, What would you do different next time? Would you do anything different next time? And being able to focus on those things, I think as parents, we become very zoomed in on what's happening in that moment or with that teacher or with that friend. And so for me, what I've learned to do is zoom out, not be so focused on that one incident, that one grade, right? Ask me my grades in 10th grade or 11th. I don't know. I don't remember, right? And and if we have time, I can share a story of just how someone had said, well, you went to this college, so that 4.0 doesn't really mean much. And I, I did well. I still did Mm. well. So it's like we just have these traditional ideas of what should happen and what kind of school you should go to. But I, we just have to remember that that does not define who we are or our potential or our future. And Mm -hmm. so honestly, it's been a mindset shift more than anything. And then the daily interactions and how I respond to things that is happening at school comes naturally. Like it's hard to just have this script of like you truly have to believe it. You have to be confident mm-hmm. in in what you value and what you prioritize. And then you are able to kind of naturally respond. So we at home, we we talk about these topics a lot. We journal a lot. We, you know, I listen. I ask questions a lot. For my Mm -hmm. kids, what did you learn from this experience versus the judgment or feeling pressure, you know, them feeling the pressure to do something a certain way? So Mm -hmm. those things have helped us a ton. Yeah. You know what I I heard a lot of is grace, Mm. like giving yourself a lot of grace because when you're doing a mindset shift, 
it's hard. And I think as a parent too, it's not going to be perfect. I mean, I can just speak from being a teacher who is adopting this new mindset for my students in within a system where it was grades and test scores. And I had to give myself grace because I slipped up all the time, right? Where I was emphasizing the grade in the classroom, even though that wasn't my value at all. And then I had to take a pause and go, that's okay. You're going to do better tomorrow because you know what your value is and what you're trying to share with the kids. (laughs) 100%, right? The the goal isn't to be perfect as a parent. For me, the goal is for my kids to have and learn certain principles so they can unpack the hard stuff in their own lives and and not even take everything I say at face value because I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to make the wrong call. And I want them to make sure, even at school, right? Teachers, you never know, right? They might say something a certain way, you know? And how do we teach our kids to not internalize that? And how do Mm. we teach them to realize that what they are saying or how they're treating you does not, is not who you are. You have to know Mm. who you are because they will come across people in the school system that may not say things the way we might to our kids or, or do things the way we would. And so our kids have to really know who they are and find that confidence within them. Yeah. And I think parents have so much power in that, which is just so awesome, right? What you said, you have the power to teach your child how not to internalize the default mode of schools, And how do you, you know, the grades and test scores will be there. And I think I hear all the time from parents, well, we're in the schooling system. What do you want me to do? Like, Mm. I have to succumb to this because this is what success is in our society. And I'm like, I hear you. I have, I understand. And it's going to take some grace. And there is still a possibility to shift something so your child can come out of the system, even if they have to go to one and be okay. Yeah. And be empowered. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. My, my daughter was struggling with math earlier in the year and mm-hmm. parent teacher conference, you know, she, she was, the teacher was great. I said, should I be doing, you want me to do anything? Should I be doing anything else? And she's like, no, no, mm-hmm. she'll learn it in school. I'm not worried. And that, that is hard for a lot of parents to actually hear and stick by. I mean, I guarantee yeah. you, Eight out of 10 parents will go sign their kid up for some tutor or after school math class. And so it, it, it is hard to just sit back. And then I, you know, me telling my daughter, hey, I know this is hard. Let mm-hmm. me know. I'm here to help. If you want me to help or you want to practice some more at home, you let me know. And that's what I did. And I didn't do anything at all. And she's doing great now. Wow, what a concept. You mean you just honored her learning? <laughs> you, yeah, I'm just laughing, but it's like you honored her learning journey. Like that's that's it. That's all you did. <laughs> yeah, and that is so much more powerful than me putting the pressure on her or the teacher putting pressure yeah. on her. I mean, she did it on her own. Mm-hmm. She felt it internally. Like, man, I'm struggling. I, I want to get better at this. She did it 100%. Yeah. I didn't say anything. And and that's the thing. I, I just released, a, you know, there's an episode I have where I say your child is not behind in school. Mm. And I'm like, that's tricky for our brains. That's really hard to hear. 
but to understand that our schooling system is designed to have a behind in the head. Mm-hmm. But it's it's actually an illusion. It's not really real because the the as we get older, right, we have the illusionary benchmarks of when to get married and have kids and, you know, when to get promoted and all these things. And then after a while as an adult, you go, oh, wait, you know, life throws a lot of wrenches. This is a timeline that actually is not real. Um, yeah. But as as our kids are in school, that's a lot harder to kind of internalize, you know? Yeah. Hundred percent. We think our kids are an extension of ourselves, and so we yeah. feel this need to. Oh my gosh, no! You have to make sure yeah. you're good. Versus let them, let them, yeah, figure it out. Let them play around a little bit with life. So you have younger kiddos. I think you said, is it Raya and Saya? Am I saying yes. that right? Okay, yes. so kindergarten and fourth grade, right. and. So they're they're in the younger grades. How do you, I guess, feel as a parent? Maybe you haven't thought about this of what's going to happen as they tackle the higher grades, where there's going to be even more pressure, right, for those kind of future tasks coming up. <laughs> yeah, good question. I've thought about it. I didn't do yeah. middle school here. I was in India, and so yeah. I don't know. I didn't. I don't have the personal experience of how all of that mm. goes here. But I do see my friends. I see a lot of my friends kind of going through that and everyone's prepping, right? They're starting to yeah. prep for college and all of that. And I, I mm-hmm. as of right now, I want to say I want to keep the same approach of be on the sidelines and mm-hmm. guide them, not put this pressure of, oh my gosh, you got to make sure you get into a good college. Otherwise, you know, you're going to struggle or whatever. Yeah. I, I want to just let them take the lead and be there to support and help when they mm. need it and ask for it. But, yeah. you know, I know being in that place is a completely different thing, but I do feel confident in general with going against the grain. I, I think yeah. as a parent, you have to be comfortable with that and confident in that. And I think my own journey has helped me find that confidence because I didn't mm-hmm. You know, some people might say, oh, you didn't go to the best school or this or that, but I still did great. And so Mm -hmm. I I have that proof that the best grades and all of that doesn't necessarily mean success. Yeah. You can still have it. So Mm -hmm. I I think for me, that helps to to think about the people that you know, you know, all of us know in life where they didn't get the best grades, but they still... Mm -hmm did well. I think that sometimes helps put things into perspective and, and focus on, um, the intangible Mm -hmm. invisible stuff. Oh, I love that. And I think that's so beautiful to remind yourself of those stories that, you know, I think we get messaged a lot. I know even as a business owner, I don't know about you, but when there's like, I got 10K in, a, you know, in one month and you're like, oh God, am I? <laughs> like, how oh, do 100%. I do that? <laughs> um, and so having those stories of someone being like, no, it took me like five to 10 years to grow this business. Like it took me a long time, yep. you know? And you're like, okay, I can breathe, right? Like this is, yeah. this is a journey. You, I mean, You've mentioned the values. You've mentioned that where you stand as a parent, but you know a lot of parents get have to go against the grain with with other parents around them who are still pushing and having the pressure. I guess how do you overcome that as a parent? Is it truly just sticking to your values, or have you had to kind of navigate those pressures in other ways? I think it. 
that need to do what everyone else is doing, it, it comes mm. from a place of fear, right? Yeah. But there's a fear. It comes from a good place. I mean, parents, most parents want the best for their kids. Yeah. And they want to give their kids the opportunities they didn't have, mm-hmm. or they want their kids to fulfill the things they weren't able to do. So yeah. there is, it's coming from a good place. It's coming from a place of love. It, it's coming, but also from a place of fear of if mm-hmm. I don't do these things, my kids aren't going to be successful. And this might be kind of a, a different type of answer, but for me, spirituality, just kind of learning like this bigger, our bigger purpose in life and, and the meaning in life and having faith and hope that, Mm -hmm. you know, your life will go in the direction it's meant to go. You stop putting all that pressure on yourself, even as a parent, yeah, because you realize and you're reminded that Mm. they have their own journey and it's mm. going to be great and it's going to be good for them and it's going to be unique and it may not look the way even I imagine. Yeah. And so I don't want them to go down the route that is in my head because mm. I hope that there's even greater things in store for them, greater than what I could even imagine and design. I mm-hmm. mean, it's interesting because a lot of parents, we think when we are giving our kids all these opportunities, we're doing something good, but maybe you're holding them back from something even greater, mm-hmm. right? Because it's just we're, we're setting out or we're laying down the path based off of the information we have and what we know. And that mm-hmm. could be very limiting. So yeah. for me, I don't want to get in the way of my kid's journey. I want to yeah. believe that they've got something amazing and incredible ahead of them. And I want to let life unfold for them. I want them to be able to kind of figure that out as they go versus me putting in their head that this is the path that you should be taking. I I might do a disservice to them actually by narrowing it down so much. Yeah. And it's interesting because our egos, right? They say this path is the right one, (laughs) which is why when kids don't fulfill that expectation, a lot of parents struggle, right? Or, Or it's the other way around where it's, I didn't get to fulfill this. So I want you to do it for me. Right. Yeah. That again, that extension yeah. thing. And I saw that a lot as a teacher as well. And even in other ways where they're like, I was never good at math. So I mean, she's just going to struggle, you know? And yeah. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. That's not how this works. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. honor her learning journey. It's not about you right now. It's about you supporting her in her journey. Right. And not putting your idea and information onto her at the moment. 100%. It's so hard to detach. Yeah. from your child, right? There's so much love there. Yeah. But I think that reminder has helped me a ton as well of mm. they're not my property. They're not this trophy for me to kind of walk around with, right? With mm. their achievements and saying, oh, they're doing this great. They're doing that. That's not that that's, they're not here for that purpose. And so mm. being able to detach <clears throat> from their life and what they're doing I think is important. Amazing. Well, my last question I wanted to ask you was just, we're talking about balancing self-love and achievement in school. And so what would be one, I guess, piece of advice you'd give to any parent who's really trying to to do that for their own kids? Yeah, I think you have to trust your gut. Mm. Don't doubt yourself. I think the parents that know they want to do it differently but from the outside, you're maybe seeing that they're doing the same thing as every other parent. 
I think they just have to trust that that gut feeling and mm-hmm. and find that courage to go against that because the only way true change happens is when a few of us are bold and brave enough to go against the grain mm-hmm. and then others will follow and it might take years, decades, but that's yeah. how change happens and from everything that I'm seeing this is the direction we're headed. You look mm-hmm. at companies, right? They used to require a college degree or this type of this certain GPA. That's changing. Even right. for college admissions, what they are looking for, that's changing. So the funny thing is things around us are changing, but we as parents are like, nope, we're going to keep <laughs> moving forward. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. So I would just say, trust your gut, number one. Yeah. Number two, surround yourself by people who who value this as well, have similar beliefs, right? Listen mm. to people like yourself, Como, and the community you're creating. Like, that's right. amazing because when people hear what you're talking about, they find comfort in yeah. what they're thinking or their gut mm-hmm. is telling them and then they can find that confidence um, around that. And I would say even if a big change is too hard, just try one thing. Like you you want to sign your kid up for that tutor, just don't do it for six months. Go against mm-hmm. that. Just try it out. See how it feels. See what happens. Um, just experiment. But don't don't put the blinders on. Mm. Oh, I love that. So I know that you all have a self-love journal and emotionals journal to support parents with the inner work. So where can parents find you if they want to kind of start cultivating this? Yeah, they can find us at Hatchbrider. Dot com and we have we just came out with the latest journal on emotions um, we've also done workshops for mm. parents and schools so we're just trying to make it easier for parents who do value the inner strength um, so that it's it's not as difficult to make that yeah. shift within their parenting journey so that's our that's our mission uh, well I am just so thankful that you came on this podcast and it's just been amazing to hear all of your insights. And I always say, you know, we're all doing, we're all in this together. We're all doing this work together. So thank you so much. hundred percent. Thank you. Thanks for everything you're doing and the message you're spreading. It's Aww, great. Appreciate it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for showing up as a parent, but not only just for yourself, but for your child as you consciously make shifts for their schooling. To connect with me, follow at The Parent Classroom on Instagram and join my email newsletter to stay tuned for more resources for you and your child. If you are interested in consciousness and education, you can find my book, Raise Your Hand, A Call for Consciousness and Education, now on Amazon. Till next time, bye.